Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. another mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars and this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts, just simply search Talk of Champions. Hey, buddy. What's up, Ben? What you been up to, man? It's been, I think it may have been a week. It, it has been, been a week. week. It has been a week. It's the off-season. I'm talking to all the NIL partners of the Ole Miss Spirit for extra content on Talk of Champions during the slow season and utilizing you at your strengths, which is bother them one time, one good time, or maybe twice in a week and hit them up with some mailbag <laughs> questions, stuff like that. Trying to bounce. I get it, man. Yeah. I get it. You, y'all, you guys bought some partners for us, man. That's I get it. Just throw me to the side. That's it. That's exactly what it is. I'm throwing <laughs> you to the side. So what's your one big thing? This week at Ole Miss Sports, what are you watching out for? Ole Miss Baseball won again on Tuesday night. Perfect start to the year. We're going three. One, two, three. Let's go. Brad's big thing. Yeah, dude, my my focus right now, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of switched into that baseball mode. I texted you the other day, and I said, Ben, I've done it. I've done it. I, I have a huge glass of Kool-Aid. And I am just gulping it right now. So, um, yeah, I went into the season saying, hey, I'm not going to do it. Then we're putting up, you know, 11 runs a game or something crazy. So there we go. I sipped the Kool-Aid. I'm all in, baby. Can't wait. Cannot wait for Omaha. They have kind of followed the formula that you wanted to see early on, though. The offensive uh, powerhouse that Ole Miss has been. Yes, we just got to get past playing Slippery Rock every week to kind of see where we're at pitching-wise. So, um, yeah, we we do – we look, we look pretty, pretty darn good. The pitching's overall solid. I think we got some good young guys there, um, and the lineup is just—I mean—you can mix and match any of these experienced guys, um, you know, and do pretty well. And, and I, one thing I was looking at the other day, and I almost sent, actually sent you a screenshot. I was kind of going over the roster, and um, we have some real depth. I mean, you could take our next nine guys and probably have a serviceable baseball team. So you like what you've seen so far? You're drinking the Kool Aid. Your one big thing is Ole Miss is drinking absolutely. They're absolutely going to make it to Omaha. That's your one big thing. But I, I'm, I'm more than drinking the Kool Aid. I have a, I have about six straws, you know, just 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 crushing it. So yeah, I'm all in again. I can't wait. I can't wait to be in the stands for the third game of Supers. What's mo- What's most encouraging right now for you about Ole Miss baseball outside of just the offense that we knew was going to be good? Anything that's kind of stood out to you, like oh wow, that's maybe a little bit better than I expected. I think the depth. I mean, yeah. everybody we're plugging in there is doing – I mean, you have guys you never thought – and granted, now it's it's not the greatest pitch in the world right now, but, I mean, when a guy like Taiwan Malone, who probably practiced baseball 25% of the time compared to everybody else, um, just, just by being in football in the fall, 
I mean, he's able to step in there and hit a home run. I mean, I think you just have a lot of options that that, that you can play. Um, you got Alderman. I mean, you have a bunch of guys behind these guys that are coming in, and when they're called upon, I mean, they're hitting the ball. So, I think this may be one of the deepest teams, top to bottom, we've we've ever had at Ole Miss. I would agree, and I would argue that it's easily deeper than last year's team, which was kind of top heavy, especially in the rotation. This team's really good. Of course, can you get past? a third game in a super regional that I don't know, but Tywell Malone, I was going to ask about your reaction to that Tywell Malone in his second significant at bat in three years, because his junior year got cut short due to COVID and his senior year got cut short. He didn't get to do it because of a knee injury. So now this is his second or the home run was his second significant at bat in three years. And he hits an absolute tank opposite field over 400 feet, over a hundred miles per hour exit velocity he's got some juice yeah i will say this um I, i'm definitely proving wrong there i thought 100 percent the whole baseball thing was just to get him to old miss in football and i thought that was that was you know i didn't, I didn't really think that that was going to be an actual thing but shoot man his swing looks good um it looks guy. good kind of compact it's a great, it's a- it's a good compact swing, man. So, I mean, here we go. Let's let's do it. I'm all for it. I mean, if a guy like that were to come in and be a real home run threat um, for, for us, man, like he would be such a fan favorite. So I hope, actually hope that works out for him. Man, how cool would that be if he was like a legit, turned into like a legit, legit DH that just sat there in the fourth or fifth hole and just absolutely peppered home runs. That, that would be, that'd actually be a fun thing to watch for the next couple of years. We've lost Brad already. The deep end of Ole Miss baseball. He's a true believer already. Didn't take you long. Oh man, I, I did it. I did it, guys. This 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 year would, may make me actually cry. <laughs> so just go ahead and book it, Omaha. We, Why not? Think about last year. Like I was in, but I was like sold because I mean you had you had McCants and Gonzalez come in that are true freshmen that kind of came out of nowhere. She so didn't really expect them. And then when you know when it gets down to crunch time, trying to rely on freshmen to be two of your better players. Yeah, it was good, but it, you know, the, now the year later, where they're sophomores and they're experienced, and then you got even, you got all your big time experience guys essentially all back. I mean, this this year just, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel pretty pretty good about it. Just book Omaha. Why not? Back when all the stuff was going down with Jackson Dart, we were covering all the ups and downs of that recruitment, that transfer recruitment. One of the things you said that was so funny to me was, "Look, I'm just going to go watch a bunch of film of JT Daniels and expect that over Jackson Dart." Well, you got Jackson Dart, so reverse the curse in that way. If you want to go to Omaha, maybe that's the key, putting it out into the universe like that. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're cheap right now, so uh, maybe, maybe use some points and then go ahead and book my book my Omaha stuff. You know, you'll be like a god, like a good luck god if that works out. If you bought tickets right now <laughs> as we're recording this podcast, right now, bought your tickets or hotel, excuse me, bought your hotel set up to go to Omaha, and it happens, you'll have – Will that into existence? You will put that out in the universe, and you will be rewarded as such. Yeah, that would that would be that would be quite risky. No or, the or just badass. Well, here's the thing with me is like if I if I go do that, I'm I'm taking the ultimate risk. I'm having to book six tickets. Oh yeah, so. <laughs> <You> gotta, <laughs> but it's kind of great though, because look, yeah. the odds are you're not going to go. But when's the last time, if ever, you've ever truly done that for Ole Miss baseball? Yeah, I don't know that I've ever actually planned one. I mean, I'm usually last minute though, so I decided I'm going about the day before. And yeah, but you would 100% go to Omaha. You know that. Oh, yeah. Well, if Ole Miss then goes, I'm 100% going. Then book it. Yeah. Ole Miss is going. If you will it into existence, put it into the universe and do it right now. 
if Ole Miss doesn't go to Omaha, Bradley Sal didn't book his tickets beforehand. It's his fault. Don't blame anybody else this year. It's all Bradley Sal because we came up with this plan live on the air of somehow getting Ole Miss past the hump, over the hump to Omaha. And what does he do? Tucks his tail between his legs and runs away. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know, dude. That's a, that's about a, that's probably about a five grand bet worth the flights. So. You wouldn't do the drive? The drive's not that bad. It's long, but it's kind of just nothing. You know, I I would consider it, but sometimes I like the quick. I like the a little bit quicker route. Well, I mean, everybody prefers the quicker route, but us peasants that have to actually drive sometimes, it's not that bad. I drive my fair amount. I drive my fair amount. He's not going to do it. That's all I hear is cowardice. <laughs> we'll see. Let's let, let's see let's see an SEC fastball and see how we handle that, or SEC slider and see how we handle that. Or see I'll, how this staff handles the best lineups. Yeah, in the SEC. we're hitting eighty-six mile an hour fastballs out of the park right now. I'm that's not just, worried about the lineup. I'm never going to be worried about the lineup. I just want to see it consistently from Derek Diamond and Gaddis and Jack Washburn and Drew McDaniel over the course of an SEC slog. Hunter Elliott's going to be in that in that rotation. He is an absolute monster, monster. He's going to be in that rotation by the end of the year. Mark it right here. I'm, uh, I'm calling. I'm it. completely on board with that. He was dominant against ULM. Looked a little like, dare I say, Doug Nikhazy. A little bit wearing the 26, long hair flowing, left handed, striking everybody yeah. out. He's nasty, man. You're doing it to me. You're making me believe, become a true believer. I cover recruiting now. And big stories for the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com, AffiliativeOne3.com. And here you are getting me to take that plunge with you. You know what? I'm going to schedule my trip too, gosh dang it. <laughs> Maybe we'll get it on the cheap and then, you know. Then we can just sell it to whoever actually gets to go to Omaha. That's a possibility. I'm saying. You're the businessman. Remove the risk. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. This is a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions, and I've delayed long enough. It's time to open the mailbag to answer your questions. Mail time. The the mail's here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. Open to the Modern Woman mailbag to answer your questions. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Going to start on the Ole Miss Spirit message board with Fan of Rebs. This is a combine question for Brad. If a guy gets a pre-draft grade that indicates he would get invited to the combine, is that a strong recommendation that he should declare for the draft? For this year's class, it looks like all of our early entrants received combine invites, which indicates their choices to declare were correct. Yeah, so that that is a solid indication. Not every guy gets drafted, but I would say a good majority of those guys do get drafted. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that's fairly accurate. You know, if you know you're going to get invited to the combine, that means you're at least on on you know quite a few radars. DJ Rebby Reb, Brad, back when you attended spring practice a year ago, you said Danish Jackson has Elijah Moore like skills. What happened? Um, I think the talent's there and the coaching staff feels the same way, um, you know, and he, there were flashes there where, where he did, you know, do some really cool things with his feet. But um, I just think, I think with him, it, talent and speed and all that's not the issue. I think it's just, 
a combination of, um, you know, getting, getting in the playbook a little more and then, um, you know, kind of, kind of learn how to play the game the right way and, and, and be smarter out there. So, um, yeah, the talent's still there. I still think he's going to have a chance to be, be a good player for us. Um, you know, and he, he certainly gets in and out of his breaks. If you look at the, the best example for him is you look at the Tennessee game, that touchdown he caught there, look what he did to that DB. That's the kind of talent that's there. Um, certainly, certainly very explosive in and out of his, in and out of his routes. He just, um, you know, he's just got to, got to be a little more consistent and, um, you know, kind of, kind of getting that playbook a little bit. Ole Miss 94, what happened to the infamous ribs event? Here's what the infamous rib event is, ribs event. Me and Brad both hate ribs. And we put it out there on Twitter. And I think my buddy BJ Smith comes out and says, look, I'll cook you all the best ribs you'll ever eat. And we said, we do it. We set up this whole event. Maybe we'd even live stream it. And then a couple of other people said, we'll do the best ribs for you too. Pretty much what happened is it hasn't happened yet. I'm still committed to it. But even though I'm committed to it, it takes two to tango in this scenario. And Brad just showed his cowardice in not booking his hotels for Omaha. So I don't believe that Brad would deliver here. Yeah, I would eat ribs. I mean, I, I would try any. I try anything. I mean, I'm large for a reason. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to promise that I'd like them. Um, but have you ever had a good ribs surf- experience? I have not. I've had like a random one or two that I thought really good. The, the kind that are good. I don't know. I don't know the difference in them. But the kind that you have to like pull off the bone with your teeth are bad. But there are occasionally where, where there are the ones that are super like tender and like falling off that are decent. It's just some of them are just fatty and chewy, man. I just can't can't handle it. It just grosses me out. Ole Miss defensive lineman J.J. Pegues, who's an exclusive NIL partner of the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, definitiveon3.com, was on this podcast last week, and he said that Moe's, which you said, I think, is the best barbecue in Oxford. He said Moe's has falling off the bone ribs, and they're delicious. Maybe that's what we do. Maybe we do something with Moe's because we've talked about them enough on this podcast. Hey, Moe's, sponsor us. Maybe we go to Moe's, set some up, and have their ribs. Moe's is actually not too bad. It's They have the white barbecue sauce, which I, I think is really good. So you would do ribs at Moe's? Yeah, I'll try it, but I don't think it's going to be any of the, any of the top dog. Will it change maybe. our minds, Moe's, any of these ribs? The best ribs ever. Would those ribs truly change our minds? Yeah, eh, I don't know. That's what I say. Self-tackleization. I'd like to know what go-to move Brad would use on Ben in the octagon, and then maybe how Ben would attempt to counter it. I know how to attempt to counter it. <laughs> dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. The five Ds of dodgeball. In this, uh, a move on Ben. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, don't I mean, he know. could literally do any move, and he'd beat me. I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't really know. Uh, maybe a, um, I don't know. Maybe some kind of kick, man. I, I feel like I can. Just don't kick me in the face. I don't. I kick you in the face. Though. I'll kick you in the chest. That would really? suck too. I don't want to do this. <laughs> None of that <laughs> sounds like something I want to be involved in. Well, I, that sounds like too much effort for me anyways, man. Like I'm retired for a reason from any physical contact or any kind of sporty type type stuff. So I'm, I'm good for a good jog around the neighborhood and, and some softball practice. That's about it. DFW Landshark, does Matt Luke leaving Georgia hurt them with Arch Manning? Safe to say it's Ole Miss, Bama, or Texas for Arch now? Um, I don't think it mattered. I think it's, um, I think it's Ole Miss or Texas. That's where I've, I've stood the whole time. Um, I don't think it's going to be Alabama. I just think if he doesn't play in the SEC, it's going to be 
I don't think that that the Mannings are going to put him in SEC if it's not Ole Miss. I think it's going to be Texas. Well, the most recent movement with the on three RPMs, which is recruiting prediction machine, is Alabama is now trending big time for Arch Manning. State the case for that, though. Like it's where it's Alabama. Yeah, but what's the what's the? I mean, I, I don't see that. You know, in my, in my head, I don't see I don't see what kind of fit that is to go just be another. Because um, he's know, Arch Manning, it doesn't matter if he does it at Alabama, Ole Miss. It's nothing particularly special at any other place. No school will make Arch Manning that much more. Right? It won't be this platform that'll catapult Arch Manning to being something that he isn't already, which is Arch Manning. He's got the Manning brand behind him. He can grow at Alabama just as much, if not more, than he could at Ole Miss, and it's Alabama. But here's the thing. I don't know why people are worked up about it, and it's not for the reason that you've laid out before or anybody else has thought about or really talked about. If he goes to Ole Miss, Texas, Alabama, wherever, if he doesn't start year one, if he's unhappy, he can transfer. He's going to Texas for his third time. I think Texas, all things equal, he would go to Texas. I don't know if all things are quite equal. But I just don't think it matters. I think the second decision, whether it's to stay at his current school or whatever, I think that's more important than who he chooses now. Is that stupid? No. I mean, I think nowadays that that's 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 the new world we're in. I mean, you're gonna see um multiple trends. That that's why I'm not that's why I don't worry about if we miss a guy now. It's like, dude, that's right. That that, that there's four five stars at Georgia right now, or four 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 or four stars or four five stars, one of the two. Um Dude, do you think those guys just all sit there and ride the pine? Now these guys are going to come available now because they can one time. So there's always going to be a guy to grab, and as long as they have the the tools and the and the ability and, and to match up with Lane's offense, it's not going to matter who's back there. I mean, um, you know, it doesn't matter what their name is; they're going to put up big numbers in this offense. So um, you know, that's that's that. We'll get right back to Bradley Sal in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. A new year brings new beginnings, a fresh start. The slate has been wiped clean. And what better way to celebrate that than with a new car? Well, if you're in the market, there's only one place you should go, and that's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from new and used sales to parts and service. Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in, and I cannot say enough good things about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. When you go, ask for Brian or Mason. They'll make sure to get you in the car that you want at a price point you can afford, and make sure to tell them the Talk of Champions sent you to take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. You can contact them today at 662-234-8000-2201 East University Avenue, 662-234-8000. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. 
A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. Trans Tulit, who starts at the inside linebacker positions for A, Grove Bowl, and B, Troy. One is Troy Brown. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm the Willis kid. When does he get on campus? Is he is he here yet? Or? He's the summer. I don't think a true freshman's starting there. I think they're really high on Austin Keys. Yeah, that that kid, uh, man, there's some people really high on him. Um, they are really high on him for sure. I just guess well, getting here in the summer is going to make it tough. But if you're if you were a spring or uh, you know spring enrollee, I'd feel kind of good about him getting in there. I'm going to go with Troy Brown and Austin Keys. Matt Smith, Brad, you can play anywhere on the baseball diamond and pick your spot in the lineup. Where and why? I would definitely want to be one of the starting pitchers, one of the weekend rotation guys. Um, I just, I just I've always loved pitching, so I'd want to be that. And then the lineup. You know, I, I'm, I was always good, a good four or five, five hole guy. What was your profile as a hitter? Man, I'm going to say this, and I'm just going to be completely honest. I was, I was literally Ben, Ben Van Cleve. <laughs> um, but here's the thing that, like, I was a very good contact hitter, and I actually, you couldn't hit the I, ball out. I'm not trying to no, be mean, but he had an Elmer. No, I could hit the ball out, but I, I played more like a, a other way, up the middle, other way kind of game. It was You're odd. Gap Every to time, gap. I'm gap to gap, but, but I, I'd never really like, I hit three home runs my senior year, but I also didn't get pitched to a ton. Um, but I was very, I, I just turned it into, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be, everything's going to be consistent. I'm just going to, I'm going to try to get a couple hits a game. And I think I had to hit every game my senior year, at least one. Um, but I was, <laughs> I had way too many base hits for my size though. Like, come on, bro. I got, um, I should, I should hit so many more home runs, but I just like to, I like to, to get on base more than, than try to kill it. G underscore Ward 77. Do you or Brad have any more information on the Grove Collective? Seems like a great thing for Ole Miss, but I don't get exactly what they're doing or what their long-term goals are. Is it to eventually get the whole football team on board or only select players? Um, yeah, so the Grove Collective is a, is a group of guys. And I know it's out there now. I didn't say anything about it before. It's a group of guys that essentially started a um, you know kind of NIL-type deal where it's um, you know, they're, they're essentially, I mean, it, it's a business that, that is going to be profitable. They're going to try to make profitable, you know, off of doing all kinds of different things that that's going solely into, into Ole Miss football. And yes, the goal is at some point to try to sign every Ole Miss player to NIL deal, um, and expand to where all fans can participate in, you know, making that business become profitable, so to speak, because it has to be, you know, a, a profitable deal. So, you know, I don't want to say too much without, um, you know, that, that I, I mean, I know a decent amount about it, um, but I haven't been, been quite involved here lately, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like, you know, everything's went as planned and, you know, from the early on conversations, it sounded like they were going to eventually try to expand to all sports and, uh, and to, um, make it to where all players can, can, you know, be a part of it. So, um, yeah, I think there's an early stages. I think right now they, 
they um you know just just trying to get it up and running they got a good technology platform they got all kinds of different stuff they're going to roll out but yeah you know the, the short gist of it is that they're going to try to do make it an Ole Miss ex- where they differ from most is you know they're trying to make it Ole Miss exclusive and um Ole Miss football to start so um yeah that's that's kind of where they are on it Kiffin brings the D what is Brad's favorite strip club story uh-oh <laughs> Uh, um, I don't think I've ever been to one of those places. That's a good answer. I'm guessing <laughs> that you're lying in bed and your wife's right beside you and you don't want to give an answer that might get you in trouble. No, man, I don't, uh, is that, is that like something to have to do with chicken or something? Chicken strip? Brandon yeah. Reb, 1848. <laughs> Who do you like better at third base? I think Bench is a little better defensively than Burford. Bench is the best defensive player on this team. Me personally, I love Reagan Burford. But for optimal lineup utilization, I would put T.J. McCants at third, mainly because I want to put Hayden Leatherwood in right field and Bench is the best defensive center fielder. But I don't know if Mike is ever going to agree with that totally. I like Burford a lot, though. I think he can play everywhere. Can we field. just agree that T.J. is going to project as an outfielder at the next level if he makes it to the next level? I think Mike's doing no, the thing. No, yes, yes, no. Yes, he is. No, he's a second baseman. I already got it confirmed. So, oh, so a little insider trading. You got me on the hook. Got me well, to bite. You know who my brother-in-law is. So I've told you this a million times. Uh, I ask him about all Ole Miss players. Have and, you? Yeah. Who's your he, brother-in-law? He, he's the president of baseball for the Brewers. You have so, told me that. I'm terrible at remembering stuff. Yeah, dude. I get all the. I, I text him about every Ole Miss guy. He probably gets annoyed, but he he gives me a little. Hey, looks like he's going to be X at the next level. And he's actually, um, he's the one that drafted Thomas Dillard. So um, that actually helps out. Play a little golf with Thomas. I always give Thomas the the feedback, the feedback from the bro-in-law. I'm like, hey, man, he says you got a chance, but you got to do this. So <laughs> it's actually. actually what did they say? Did they predict that he was a first baseman DH, like partial catcher with Thomas? Who, Th- Thomas, they think he'd be a catcher and they, they love his bat. Um, well, everybody they, loves his bat. Yeah, he could be catcher, but but his bat that they think he has a a very very above average bat, which is which is you know going to help him get to the next level, at least a DH, you know, or or some kind of yeah first baseman something like that. But yeah, the, he's he's like man, he has a real chance with the bat. He has you know big league pop with the bat, so that's the that's going to be a thing with him. With dot zero, I know it's super early, but with the bats that we have, what are the odds we get to twenty SEC wins this season? Well, I know we're Brad's leaning. Yeah, baby, maybe twenty-five. And no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, you know, that's that's always a tough number, you know. But I think, yeah, I think eighteen. It, it, that's what 18. I say. With really good teams, I always just say eighteen to be safe. Yeah, eighteen. Eighteen is usually that number. Just just going off previous. Um, history. It just all depends on how everybody else is as well. But yeah, I mean, I think that you know this team has potential, but I, I just want to see the pitch, the pitching being tested a little bit more um, than than what it is right now, and that that's going to be the true tell of how good we are. G underscore Ward seventy seven. What are Brad's thoughts on Ben Brown's draft potential? This injury must hurt his stock quite a bit. Yeah, I don't think it's the injury as much as it is the um, you know how old he is. That's going to play a part in it. I think Ben's going to go likely undrafted. Um, you know, could potentially pop into the late rounds, but but you know, it, honestly, you'd rather go undrafted than, than get picked in the late rounds because when you go undrafted, the money's not much different. And you're not you're not about the money at that point. It's about looking through every roster and seeing, 
you know, which teams have paid their guys, you know, the certain guys they have a lot of money and which teams are, are looking to go a little younger and, and, and give, give some undrafted guys some chances to, to get some backup spots and, and get some spots on the roster. So, you know, I think he'll have that chance and he's a pretty versatile guy. Um, you know, I think at worst he's a B squad guy, you know, to start out that can develop into a, to a guy that can, that can, um, you know, crack a, crack an active roster, but you know, it's just all depend on the situation and, and how he, um, you know, handles everything when he gets there. But yeah, he's certainly gonna have a chance. He's smart, and and guys like that usually have a chance. Mississippi eighteen forty eight. Reb Brad, couple of questions. As an offensive tackle, when coming to the line of scrimmage, what do you take note of and process prior to the snap of the ball? Um, prior to the snap of the ball, it all depends on the, the play. So if it's a pass, I'm obviously looking at the linebacker alignment. I'm looking at both safeties to kind of see see where they are, so I know what coverage, and then. And I'm just watching my DN, and I know that um, hey, if it's third down um, and they have a three, I, they have a three technique and a five. I know I got to get a little more vertical because they can run a twist or a stunt. I know if it's first down, I'm, I'm going to go out and, and I have a two eye or I don't have a three technique. If it's first down, I'm going to go out there and try to be more aggressive and kind of get after them. Um, you know, kind of kind of cut off the space a little bit. Um, you know, in a pass block and then in a run play, I'm just looking at, um, you know, obviously where the mic backer is, how they're aligned, you know, how, what kind of angle I'm going to take. I know if it's a, if it's a zone and I, and, and the play's coming outside of me, I have to get, you know, get my hat out to the outside number. Um, you know, if it's inside play, I know I can't get beat across my face. Um, you should all kind of, I mean, it's a bunch of different stuff, but I usually take, I used to take it play by play. Um, you know, every play you kind of have, have the job, you kind of have to, you always have to cut out the worst case scenario. And you know how to play, def- um, you know, you know how to defend against what what, what could be the worst case scenario. Sometimes it don't always work out as planned, but um, you know that that's kind of kind of the key. You got to know the play and know how to play the play. Um, you know, a, a good example of that is I used to play with a guy in um, Arizona. His name was Jared Beldier, and he was so intricate in the details. He would look at all the routes that 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 the um, that were on the playbook to know how long the routes were to know to know how aggressive he can be and where the quarterback's eyes would be. So he would tell me every game, hey, on this play, all the routes are on the right. You're, the quarterback is not going to be paying attention to anything on the left. you got you got you got to hold up. You know, he's, you, your guy can kill him if, if you let him free. So he was that detailed, and that's really how you have to be to be a really good lineman. Guard play and center, what types of reads are you processing, linebacker, defensive end, defensive tackle? What calls would the center make? And how does that communication to the tackles, or how does that communicate to the tackles and the guards as to how they block? Yeah, the the center's job on most offenses are, are most is probably the most important job because he usually de- um, declares the mic and everything goes off of that. So I know, I know if he calls mic in the middle and I have a a um, you know weak side back on my side, I know their combinations go in a zone play is going to the mic. Typically, my combination is either with the tight end or with the guard going up to the backside backer. So if, but if he calls the mic over, um, you know, it, it could, it could switch the whole side of the play. So yeah, the mic is usually pretty important. And then, you know, obviously there's line calls that are, that tell you which way that, that the line sliding. So, you know, you could do m- most protections like a man protection. So you come up, you call it a mic. One side is a three man slide that that's kind of sorting out that the down lineman plus any blitzers, and the other side is is kind of the one on one side, um, you know. And, and you are also, if you're running an empty protection, sometimes you have that backer, that linebacker on the back side, and you know, hey, if he comes, I got to take the most dangerous. So I may be sifting for him. There's just a bunch of different things that, that the center calls that kind of lets you know if you're if you're on the front side or back side. Also, you can come up with a protection on the front side, 
and he may switch the protection based off the alignment of the safety and the backer. So now that other side knows, hey, I was on the front side, I was on the um, you know on the strong side. Now the the he has declared the mic on the other side. We're going to switch the protection. So there's always a play in there for that. So you know, hey, these two these. These guys are on the three-man side. The other guys are on two-man side. And also there's six-man protection, too, where the back has to fill in on certain guys as well. There's also slide pro where you're sliding for the wheel. There's a bunch of different stuff. But the center is very important in making those calls and getting everybody on the right page. Second question, or more like fourth question, from Mississippi 1848 Reb. What were your strengths and weaknesses as a tackle? Was it about your game that allowed you to play in the NFL for eight years? Well, I think think my biggest – you know, my, my biggest weakness was probably, um, you know, my overall strength. Like I wasn't, I was never a really strong tackle or a strong player, but I was, um, you know, very athletic. I think that was, that was something that always saved me. I was always very flexible and athletic. So I can kind of get away with not being just, I was never just a real, I was strong, but I wasn't like a naturally, like one of these crazy cow long guys who can just pick a three technique up and throw them out of the club wasn't that guy. Um, my, my strength was probably how hard, you know, I kind of figured out how to play really hard and, and I knew everything, man. Like I could, I knew every position, um, up front. I knew, I knew I, I would always study everything the tight end did too. Cause if a tight end would get hurt in the game, I always made it clear that, Hey, I could, I could play tight end in all the blocking schemes. So, Hey, if you get, you get two tight ends hurt, well, heck, we got a tackle over here that can play. I knew all the blocking schemes for the tight end. Knew it all. Knew always knew what the fullback did, and I can always back up long snaps. So I had all these crazy positions. So when it came to game day, and you had seven guys to dress, you only get seven linemen. Well, you go, hey, who should be that sixth or seventh guy? Maybe it's a guy that can play a shit ton of positions because um, he can back up everything, um, and he can save us. You know, you know, a body. Maybe I don't have to dress out a tight end, a goal line tight end this week because he can do that job. So. You know, I guess availability and 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 adding value. I wasn't like a superstar at anything, but I could do a lot of stuff really consistent. And I knew the plays. That that's really the only reason I played so long. And last one from Mississippi, eighteen forty eight. Reb Ben, never have I cared anything about the Marvel series. Oh man, my thoughts were the same as Brad's. Just didn't get into anything so unrealistic until uh oh, this past week when I got the mild case of the vid vid the vid COVID. Oh, COVID. Frickin' COVID. My wife and I watched eight different Marvel movies, and I loved it. We got a convert! (sighs) One at a time, baby. One at a time. Tracer round. Do we have an NIL account to buy men's basketball players? There are some willing people out there to give some money, but not nearly enough people and not nearly enough money. Can we afford to buy premium SEC talent now? Well, Kermit Davis assigned the top three ranked players in program history. So I guess, how would you classify, what would you call premium SEC talent? Because I would say Matthew Morrell, he has an argument to be premium SEC talent. What are the buyout numbers for Kermit? They are hidden in the Loyalty Foundation. Will we do better saving that money for an NIL account to buy better players? doesn't work like that. It can't be associated directly with the university. Matt Smith, anyway, NIL could sway kids from going to the major leagues out of high school. It would take particularly motivated people, givers, for baseball, which is a non-revenue-generating sport even for the best programs. Theoretically, yes, but I doubt you're ever going to find someone or multiple people that will give enough money to keep a guy like Kyler Murray from going pro. Reb Jam, I know it's early and spring practice will tell us more, 
But for now, what are your general thoughts on the offensive line and any players you think can make a move there? You know, general thoughts, um, you know, I, I, I like to add a Mason Brooks. Um, I, honestly, I, I heard a comment on him that said that he literally looks, <laughs> he like looks phenomenal apparently on the hoof. He's like, looks like the most athletic big um, lineman, you know, out there. So um, very excited about that. And like I said earlier, my, my dark horse on the O-line to, to step in and actually start getting some time and having a chance to help us there would be Jaden Williams. Um, I even heard the comment, don't be surprised if Jeremy James is at guard at some point. So um, that would be, that would be super, super great for, for us. So um, yeah, the, the, they really like him. Um, there's, you know, obviously you had some good young guys come in, but I think the start in five is going to have some experience and, um, you know, going to be a pretty serviceable group. Going to jump right back to Bradley Sal in this edition of Talk of Champions after we hear briefly from BNA Bank and Cheney's Pharmacy, two more proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. A new year is here. It's 2022, not to mention that spring is around the corner in Oxford, Mississippi. What comes with it? The return of Ole Miss football, Ole Miss baseball. It's a special time of year in Oxford. You want to be there, right? You want to be in Swayze Field. You want to be back in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Well, the only way you can do that is if you're healthy, that you have a pharmacy you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dog Brewer, Ben, about a week or so ago, 
I'd ask you to ask Brad a question about what event was the best way to evaluate talent from high school to college and college to pro. What event, Brad? Yeah, some of those things, man. I don't know. It's it, all those things about being are tough. I think you. I think the best thing to do coming from high school is is when you get the kids in for camp. Um, first, my, the first evaluation should be their personality and what you think about them. You know, as far as you know, their mindset. And secondly, you know, I, I like. I honestly thought the you know hosting the teams that host the camps or whatever. You know that those those in my opinion kind of a smaller smaller size where you get you know 50, 50 whatever guys there and can kind of kind of really get to know guys as far as the NFL goes, um, you know the the thing that was always really I think the best is like when they get to do the one on one interviews when they get to do a private workout with a guy, you can kind of work them out to doing the drills that you like and um, that's usually a pretty good indicator of if you're going to get along with the guy or or if he he can do the things you think that that you need done for your team. Oxford, 1952, seeing that Keith Carter just got an extension and a raise, he'll also be on Talk of Champions on Thursday. Four-year deal, looking good. My question is, is Chuck doing the same for you guys? I think you're doing a fantastic job and are well-deserving. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Chuck and I are partners now. Things are going really well. I'm enjoying it, but thank you for the kind words. Spiesel K, two questions regarding football. Number one, are our expectations too high, given that we have a very young quarterback, irrespective of who starts? Um, my expectations are actually aren't that high. Um, they're, they're right there in the middle. I, I think the reason why – I think we're gonna our record could look pretty good this year based off our schedule, though. So, you know, you look at the first some odd six, seven games, I mean, you, you could almost be 7-0 and not even know how good your team is. So you got to assume you're going to win one or two more after that, which, you know, could end up being an eight or nine one year – um, so my expectations are right there in the middle. I think we have a good group of guys. Um, I, I by no means think that, you know, my expectations were a lot higher, you know, last year and I'm always pretty, you know, pretty keen on, on saying what I expect. But, um, if you were to mess around when nine or 10 games, man, you'd be feeling really good about the future and would say, I would say we overachieve, but that'd be pretty impressive for, you know, to turn a team around like that. But I can also see a scenario where we're, you know, a little bit, you know, maybe seven wins, you know, six wins somewhere in there. But then you got everybody coming back to the next year was where the expectations are. I, I personally look for 2023 to be a really high expectation year for us because you're going to have all these guys back plus you know, some more portal ads. Now, this year we come out and, and have a 9 10 one year. I, I think you're thinking, you know, I think the expectation will be through the roof going to the next one. So, yeah, I'm not particularly high. I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I'm just excited to see. You know what I mean? I'm not, I don't, I don't have any crazy expectations on this season. Are your expectations higher now than they were after the portal? Um, yeah, I think they're higher now than if we didn't do anything. I, th- I think if we didn't do anything, I think they would be actually low um, going into this year. So, but yeah, I think we did enough now to kind of get everybody, um, you know, thinking, hey, man, we got a chance to be pretty good. But at the same time, man, even getting Dart, you know, all these guys, I mean, they're still kind of young too. You know, I mean, <clears throat> how many times has Dart went into Alabama and played? How many times has Dart went into LSU? Never. So, you know, this is going to be a good learning year for, for everybody involved. Number two from Special with a ZK, given the high number of transfers relative to other programs, what are the coaches doing to ensure that transfers are well integrated into the team? I think that gets blown out of proportion a little bit. Yeah, these these guys, you know, going to a new team, it, it, it can feel tough at first, but, you know, after you get in there and you're working out together, um, you know, kind of going through a bunch of stuff together, that kind of goes, I mean, you kind of get integrated in the team, you know, fairly quickly in sports. 
Um, the only time it could ever go rough is when a guy comes in and he's, you know, over the top, um, <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of mouthing off and being crazy. You know, I think that that could always be rough for him, but no, nah, man, guys usually come in, have a good mindset, good, um, be really respectful and, you know, they get integrated pretty fast and, and kind of become leaders. And it's, it, it doesn't take very long because football is one of those sports that, that allows you to, um, you know, kind of prove yourself to, you know, toughness wise and, 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 and with leadership. Go Reb seven, Brad or Ben, if you had an opportunity to coach in the high school ranks, would you? Um, I don't think so. I would a hundred percent coach high school football, but I don't want to be a head coach. I want to be an offensive line coach. <laughs> I will, I'd be more interested in coaching something else. So I, I mean, I, I would help out, but you know, full-time coaching, I don't think so. Cause then you got to teach and do all that. I said, nah, dude, I can't, no, I wouldn't, wouldn't be to teach and all that. When all that stuff went down in October, I said, I'm going to do it. I'm finally just going to go get my teacher's license and I'm going to go live a normal life as a teacher and a coach. What I wanted to do when I was like five years old until I was about 14. You would want to coach the O-line? Yeah. How many phone calls would you have to give me? In high school, you're not having to really get too deep into it. So I would say 58. See, my problem is this. like, I'll go back and watch a high school or even a JUCO and my mind is so skewed because I've watched film on you know so many like NFL players. And yeah, stuff. you can't watch it. it well, I, I just don't know. I don't know what's considered good and what's considered bad at that level. And 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 I can look at it and and you know obviously you can tell the elite guys, but you know just how to piece together piece together a line with with high school. So you never know how big the guy. I mean, there's some schools that unfortunately don't have big guys. So that's the fun know, of who, it, though. That's the challenge. Yeah, how do I know who I could turn into the line? But like. That's just it's all other. tools in the when you're a high schooler. Because if yeah. I looked at you as a high schooler, Ed Ordron, when he looked at you as a high schooler, he saw what no one else could see. You didn't have the look of, that's going to be a three, four-year starter in the SEC and then go play eight years in the NFL. It's all about the tools. You know that. You can certainly tell the D1 guys. I'm talking about the schools who have um, Like five, New Albany, yeah. 5'11", 185. I don't know if that kid's a fullback or a guard. You know, like I guess I'll have to line them up and – do Oklahoma drill. I don't know. I mean, My best friend in the world was a cornerback and a fullback. Uh, <laughs> hey, well, no, there, there, there's usually, there's always that right guard and middle linebacker. Like that is very common in, in high school football. Um, hey, I'm, I'm going to make 20 tackles a game, but I'm also going to be blocking it right guard. Just going sideline to sideline. My best player I'm just going to put him in the middle of everything. <laughs> Reb mad. Dart or Altmeyer? Um, I'm going to say Dart. Sleeper wide receiver emerges. Who is it? I'll say J.J. Henry. Knox. That's not really a sleeper, though. Is it? Yeah, yeah he's not. You have, no, he's not done anything. It's they've talked th- him up, though. They like him. Yeah, they've talked him up, but that's talk. You know what I mean? Like, he still hasn't done anything significant in the SEC. I'm saying J.J. Henry. Kitchener Leslie, now that Keith Carter has been extended, will he have the courage to once again allow Tony the Landshark the honor of ice skating to midfield during pregame? I know you're joking. But for the people out there that don't know that you're joking, Keith Carter was on this podcast, and I wrote about it. Tony the Landshark is no more. He said that, de-emphasizing Tony. Taking a step back, he said, which is Keith Carter speak for, Tony the Landshark is gone. Leeds Rebel, are we recruiting the quarterback from Columbus, Mississippi? A little bit. There are other players from Mississippi that haven't heard from Ole Miss but have an offer from other SEC schools. What gives? This staff, it doesn't matter if they're from Mississippi, Texas, Florida, they evaluate all players equally, and the ones that they rank the highest, that's the ones they pursue because they're trying to sign a smaller 
class of high school players and go big into the portal every single year. So the days of, oh, well, this kid's from Mississippi. Nah. My buddy loved Oxford. As we approach spring practices and the significance it holds for young offensive linemen, I would love to hear Brad look back and talk about his own development. One of the reasons I respect his career so much at Ole Miss and then in the NFL is how hard he worked to change his body and the progress he made. I remember asking Ken Austin about Brad and the possibility of him coming to the CFL. That was after Ken had left Ole Miss and when he was a head coach in the Ivy League. Ken's response was succinct but crystal clear. That dude loves football. With his work ethic, he'll play in the NFL accordingly. I would love to hear Brad's assessment of various young off- Ole Miss offensive linemen. He expects to make big jumps this spring, summer, and fall. Yeah, we'll certainly, certainly appreciate that. Um, yeah, so I just think that um, you know my mindset coming in, I was a two-star, two-star recruit. You know, maybe three-star on some things. I knew I was, I was the lowest-rated recruit in in the recruiting class. I, I just had a long, long way to go coming in. I was, I was literally a complete project. I got up to like three fifty in high school. You know, it was. But but I knew I knew how to change my body, so I went through that whole phase where I had to lose a bunch of weight. So I, I wasn't really able to get as strong um, because I was lifting. But when you're losing weight like that, man, it's hard to kind of balance the strength. So that was that kind of set me back for a year or so. Then I started lifting and and kind of kind of getting some strength up. And I um, mean, I don't, I don't know, man. I just I was always blessed with that mindset of um, you know I just I was not going to fail no matter what anybody said. And even whenever I went through tough times my sophomore year. Um, you know, just right after Michael Orr left, being thrown right in the SEC, right in the SEC to start, I just never got down on myself. And I think that that would be be one of my strengths was, um, you know, no matter how bad it got, I always kept kept, you know, I, I I was always eager to go out there the next day and work on things. Whereas some guys that they handle, you know, they handle failure and they handle, um, you know, losing and they kind of clam up and they just they kind of almost done with it in their head. Whereas me, I, I would I would always take a, a failure and make it into okay. How can I get better at this? How can I wash it out and not let it affect me, you know, down the road? And you just take things, man. As you, every time you get your asking, you just keep thinking like, "Hey, I just learned from that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get better. I'm gonna fix it next time." And at some point, man, it, it really happened. You know, at the end of Ole Miss, I still don't think I was anywhere near my ceiling. Um, there's a lot of reason to go into that, looking back on it, um, you know, especially my pass blocking. But man, once I got to the NFL and got with some certain coaches and, and my, my worth ethic and care, and care was always there, man. I mean, it was, I cared and I worked as hard as, as anybody you know, could imagine. Um, but I really think I peaked. Unfortunately, I think I peaked to, to my best, probably my, my second year in the NFL when I got with uh, an old O-line coach that could, that could really teach pass blocking. And he was, I mean, he like broke me down and, and, and really like taught me how to pass block and use how athletic I was and then it started clicking and then it was like, man, I wish I did this in college because multiple times, you know, a lot of GMs, whatever, they're like, man, honestly, you should have been a second or first round pick. Um, that's how talented you were, you know. So that's it. I think it just came with, with always with never giving up, just always, you know, working, working my hardest and finally got the right coach that kind of came in, fixed my technique. And then it, you know, turned into, hey, man, I started being a really versatile player in the NFL and kind of created some value there. And it, it, it kind of uh, kind of got to leave them on terms, which was really cool. Power line 17, Ben and Brad, if you could have any other career besides what you're currently doing now or Brad with his NFL career, what would it have been? Oh, man, I would, I would have probably said something different a long time ago, but I, I'm just really into – I'm just really into, I mean, you, I've said this a hundred million times, but I love, I love the market, I love stock market, I love, um, you know, anything that has to do with the economy and all that. So it would probably be probably somewhere on wall street, um, do, doing, doing some kind of big gig. I, I, I like a lot of private investment stuff. I like, a, 
a lot of um, you know private equity type stuff that um, you're trying to turn deals or trying to trying to figure out a way to to, to merge something to make it better or you know acquire something and, and fix it. So that, that's kind of my 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 other side hobby. If not a pro golfer, pro golfers in there, but I kind of learned a long time ago we ain't we really ain't on that level. I'd want to be a showrunner for a television series, a Harry Potter television series that long needs to be created, mainly focusing on either Jenny Weasley or the mystery behind Zonko selling his joke shop to Fred and George Weasley, becoming Weasley's wizarding wheezes. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I got it. I, I'm not laugh at you. I just, I you like are. Art. You are. You love, like you love the passion because you love to make fun of the passion. Well, it's the it's the Harry Potter thing. It's I awesome. Didn't, it's great. Yeah. I, if you tell me when I die, I go to Hogwarts. I'm down. Sign me up. Is that guy like riding a broom? Like I, I thought I saw something where he's riding a broom one time, like an ad or something. Is, is this well, a guy Harry really? Potter? The minute he got on a broom, he felt most like himself. He could do it immediately. He was a natural at it, and he was the youngest seeker in a century for Gryffindor. You don't want to go down this path, man. I'm not, dude. I'm not. I, I, just, I just feel like if you went on the roof and jumped off of it with just a broom <laughs> underneath you, it probably wouldn't end very well. But, you know, that's just reality. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I can't go on. Oh, oh. Oh, Rebel Steve, is there still a chance to hire Patrick Austin? I have not heard anything at all recent. Or new, so I don't know for sure. PMAG underscore five. In y'all's eyes, what is the absolute best and worst landing spots for Matt Corral in the upcoming draft? Well, you know what, man? I think that people are, you know, getting a little answer saying, hey, why is Matt projected, you know, later first round? Honestly, I saw him 32nd in Mel Kuyper's latest draft. Hey, dude, you know what? Honestly, the end of the first round is usually best case scenario. Why? So Because you get it with a better team. Like, look at oh, Trevor yeah, Lawrence right, and, yeah. and look at Zach Wilson last year. Dude. When you go early, now it's great money wise, but just realize it it is. I mean, Joe Burrow got lucky they they end up adding some pieces around him, and he's just a hell of a player, and it worked out for him. But man, I would not want to be a Trevor Lawrence taking a drop back in Jacksonville or, or or the Jets. I mean, why not go to like a a Pittsburgh or one of these teams that has a bunch of talent? All they need is a quarterback, and and you're, you're going to be a lot lot better off. And I know money wise, you're fine, but if you're good enough, that second contract's going to be worth way more than, the, than your slotted rookie contract anyways. But um, honestly, I mean, it, it, anything later in the rounds with a team that's, that's got a bunch of talent would, wouldn't be a bad gig for him. And um, you know, let the other guys kind of go to the, go to the very helpless teams and get their heads knocked off. Personnel wise, what does he need most? A dominant running game, a true number one wide receiver. Cause if you think about the Steelers, what do you think of first? Najee Harris running the ball. Yeah. So he'd have a good running back there. Yeah. He'd have a good running back there. He'd have a solid O-line. Um, pretty they solid weren't good receiver. last year. They they weren't great, but they, they were okay. You got to realize Ben, Ben Roethlisberger looks like somebody's uncle back there. He's about 40 pounds overweight, dropping back. Like he is not an easy quarterback to block for. And he, he kind of pats the baby a little bit. So Ben was getting at the very, very end. Um, and I think, <laughs> I think I think that, that they know that there. So, um, but you know, you went somewhere like the Steelers. You, that that having a really good defense really helps out a young guy to know that, hey man, the pressure of going through having to put up thirty five points a game is just not realistic. So the Steelers usually feel a pretty good defense. Um, you just don't want to go to a team where, hey, I just drafted a quarterback, but hey, we're, we're, you don't know one name on defense. You don't know, you know, we don't know what receivers we have. Um, essentially, like Zach Zach Wilson just did this year man, those things suck for, for young quarterbacks because they can get in there and it could be ugly early and they can never recover. I mean, look at a Sam Darnold. 
best case both of us agree is probably the Steelers. Probably. I would have said the Saints, but Sean Payton isn't there anymore. Yeah, you got the Steelers gonna be looking. Um who else who else is gonna be looking there at the Vikings could be looking. Vikings could be that that would be a, a pretty solid situation. They have some good receivers. They usually have some, you know, they got Danelle Hunter, they got a decent defense. So yeah, that would that would actually be cool. And then not to mention the Vikings would be a eight eight of their games would be indoors. So the 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 climate would be controlled as far as, you know, weather and you know, that that's always really helpful too, man. When you got those cold teams, it, it really is really does affect the the way the way the quarterbacks play. And now the Vikings have Kevin O'Connell as head coach from that Sean McVay's tree. Perfect fit for him. Agreed. Agreed. That would, would not Justin be a- Jefferson, Dalvin yeah. Cook, Adam Thielen is is the premium. Adam Thielen. Yeah. We found it. We found the best spot for him. It's Minnesota. Leeds Rebel. Is that JUCO All-American Center still planning to sign with us as a PWO? That's a great question. I need to find out about that. I will check into that tomorrow. I don't think so. I think he committed somewhere else. I'll double check. Dog Brewer. Will Kermit make staff changes? Who is likely to leave the team via the portal? I don't know if he'll make staff changes or not. Um, I think that we'll know more about all that stuff. The future of Kermit, staff changes, whatever moves he might need to make after the season's over and he meets with Keith Carter. I'm going to ask Keith directly about all the Kermit stuff on Thursday. But as far as who's likely to leave the team via the portal, I think Deshaun Ruffin's going to stay. But everybody else, it could be anybody. And Matthew Morrell, there were a lot of teams that were trying to go after him last year, so I expect that to happen again. And I know that there'll be just as much, if not more, considering how good he's been this year. NYC Rebel, are the guys listed at outside linebacker on the Ole Miss roster website like Cedric Johnson, Demond Clowney, Brandon Mack, just defensive end edges. I know Sam Williams was listed as an outside linebacker last year, also on the website, and never saw him lined up anywhere near our linebackers. Yeah, well, outside linebacker in in our defense last year was essentially a defensive end, and that's that's what most of them are, anyways. Um, really, the only difference in a three down and a and a four down is you know these guys have the ability to peel off and and cover a running back. Um, in the flat in some of these defenses, but for the most part, man, the, the reason they run the three down is to try to get the get them in a five down, which is five one on ones. Um, but yeah, for the most part, all those guys are, are essentially a, a defensive end, um, you know, so to speak. Grove Crew Ben, you've always provided good insight on our basketball program. Oh, thanks. What the hell is wrong with this team? Injuries for one, but that's not an excuse. Not enough SEC talent. Misevaluations on the roster. Guys at the end of the bench that can't really help you and passing on other guys like a Ty Ty Washington that wanted to come to Ole Miss and you didn't take him. He ends up going to Kentucky and becoming an all-league caliber player. I like Kermit and want him to succeed, but apathy is setting in. There's no doubt about it. ASIC. Who do you think the market winners will be in the electric vehicle sector? What are your thoughts on Rivian? I don't know what any of that means. Um, you know, as far as EV goes, I know, you know, Tesla is obviously the the leader there. You have a lot of other people that are, that are pushing, whether it be Lucid, whether it be Rivian, or that I mean, just is honestly, you know, GM's kind of getting in the mix. Ford wants to get in the mix. Um, my thing is this, man, with, with, with EV, um, you know, somebody's going to emerge. I'm not sure, but, but my thing is it, the, the play for me is, is the, the charge station. So you look at charge point stock. Um, yeah, you know, it's kind of like the gold rush back in the day where, you know, who, who got the riches, the one selling the shovels, you know what I mean? So, um, I, I'm kind of been, been kind of eyeing the, the, the battery making materials and the, um, you know, the, the charging stations that are going to be, you know, have to be, 
you know, imported. But if you look at a, a, a stock like ChargePoint, who's who's down pretty low from from its highs, um, they're, they're kind of popular all over the place. A, a Blink and a ChargePoint, you know, I, I kind of like those for for an EV type type play. But as far as the actual the companies themselves, man, I just feel like they're so risky. They kind of scare me. So I always, if, if I were to hold any, which I don't, um, it, it would probably be Tesla here on this dip. But other than that, I don't, um, you know, I don't particularly feel comfortable, you know, risking too much in, in any of those because they're all kind of crapshoots. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you know what the Aloha More charm is? <laughs> you just broke down all this stuff. Oh, oh that, that was my favorite question I've ever gotten. I think there's, there's, hopefully there's more like that. Oh, there are. Holy crap, I feel stupid as shit. Frida Girl. How is Matt Jones, the walk-on running back from Jackson Prep, doing? I'll be quite honest. I have absolutely no idea. I just learned that name right now as I'm reading this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know I sound like a jerk, but I'll try to find out. Sure. DC Reb 1024. Brad, do you hold any cryptocurrency? If so, about what percent? Oh, God. I'm slowly and slowly coming to grips with the fact that I am not a serious person. Brad, do you hold any cryptocurrency? If so... About what percent of it is allocated to your portfolio? Also, does it make sense to invest in such volatile markets with dollar cost averaging? I won't ask for individual stocks or cryptos because that's a cheese dick move, but just for some overall perspective. Thank you. Yeah, so I, I got into crypto a little bit early on. Um, and once it went up, I took gains and, and I have not gotten back into crypto. And I, I, I do think there's a use for it. I just don't particularly... Um, feel like I need to get in it and, and kind of kind of add that kind of volatility um, at the moment, which there are sometimes I'll jump into play, but it's never it's never long term there. Um, you know, as, as far as how volatile the market is right now, I think if you look at the market overall, you know, we had a big dip the other day down to like, um, I mean, it's pretty, pretty good size. I think we were around a 25 percent correction. Um, but I think everything just depends on on these rate hikes, man. I mean, the, the first one, March 18th, they're going to actually actually announce their first one. So I, I'm I'm holding heavy cash right now. I, I think there's going to be another dip, and then I think there I think there'll be one more good dip in the market this year, um, and I'll be looking to to load from there. But I, ha, I have been holding heavy cash, you know, compared to compared to usual, and yeah, you know, we just got to get past these rate hikes, and then you know, obviously the inflation is um, is kind of tough right now too. So you know, right now I'm just in wait and see mode. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not adding or dollar dollar cost averaging into anything at the moment. Um, whereas the other day there was a good, the good dip you could have bought, but I think that, um, there's going to be some headwinds, you know, still, still to come. And, and I think there'll be one more dip and then I think it'll be all up, up from there. Rebel two, Brad, do you ever get the urge to try and call the offensive and defensive booths to give some info for adjustments for what the other team is doing? Seems like a long shot to being, li at being listened to, but I figure with your pro experience, they'd at least give it a listen. You know, I would never, I would never do something like that. But you know, whenever I, whenever I'm with, if I'm hanging out with a coach or or whatever, you know, we always talk. You always talk football schemes, and you always talk about stuff together. And you know, they always respect what I have to say, and then I always respect what they have to say as well. So, in casual conversation, you know, I've asked, "Hey, how do you guys do this?" Or, you know, "Would you ever do it?" Would you? Ever? Or I'll say, "Hey, I never asked them what they ever do a certain way." I always say, "Tell them a certain way." I've done it before, or whatever. And um, yeah, there's also there's always times too where they want you to come over and hey, you want to watch the film with me? And then, you know, I'm not saying I would ever give my input, whatever be taken or anything like that. But you know, a lot no matter how good you are as a coach or player or whatever, I mean, I've learned stuff from 
from crazy. I mean, I, you always got to have open ears. You, you'd be amazed at stuff you can learn from people that ain't that are below you or above you, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's always something to be learned, no matter who it is or who you're listening to. So, so what you're saying, um, I've actually taught you something. Me? There's a chance. There's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance at some point in my life you've taught me something. <sighs> Yeah, you can learn. You can learn from anybody. I've taught you to be a talented media personality. And the people that that don't think that are the people that are cheating themselves. Gonna have to stop it there in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. We didn't get to every single one of your questions, but I promise you, for Thursday, Brad and I will be back answering the rest of them. Could fill probably another full hour with all the questions we've got left. And Keith Carter, Ole Miss Athletics Director, will join me on Thursday as well. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at SpiritBen on Twitter. If you haven't already subscribed, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com and for the On3.com. Brad's there as well. He's a subscriber. Give us a shot, a seven-day free trial, and you can cancel any time. We'll be back on Thursday with Keith Carter. More mailbag questions. Thank you, buddy. See you then. See you, man. Howdy, toddy. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.